this program is presented by a community producer through Midland Community Television. The City of Midland and MCTV are not responsible for the content of the program. The views presented do not necessarily represent those of the City of Midland or MCTV. If you would like to produce your own program, contact MCTV at 837-3474 or access our website cityofmidlandmi.gov slash mctv. The following presentation of the Midland City Planning Commission will begin in a moment. The Midland City Planning Commission is responsible for overseeing the city's master plan, conducting public hearings, and offering recommendations to the City Council on a wide range of local land use issues. The Planning Commission consists of nine Midland residents who are appointed by the City Council. Planning Commission meets two Tuesdays per month at 7 p.m. in Council Chambers at City Hall. This presentation is provided by the MCTV Network, a service of the City of Midland. Replays of this meeting can be found on MGTV Channel 188 on Charter Spectrum, through Channel 99 on at and UVerse, or on demand at www.cityofmidlandmi.gov. Select meetings are available on MCTV Network's Government Affairs Podcast Channel. Good evening and welcome to this regular meeting of the Midland City Planning Commission taking place on Tuesday, February 6th. This meeting is called to order. Would you please rise for the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Would you please call roll? Craig? Here. McCoy? Decro? Griffiths? Here. Broderick? Here. Panasic? Kohlinger? Here. Thomas? Here. Powell? Here. Mr. Chair, you have a quorum. Okay. First item on our agenda is approval of the minutes. We have one set of minutes to approve this evening, those from our regular meeting on January 23rd. Mr. Chair, I move we approve the minutes as written. I'll, I'll second. second. A motion from Commissioner Griffiths and a second from Commissioner Thomas to approve the minutes from our regular meeting on January 23rd. All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed, same sign. Those minutes are approved. Uh, next item on our agenda would be public hearings. There are none this evening. We would then move to old business. I'm not seeing any on the agenda. Does any of the planning commissioners have old business to address? Uh, any public comments unrelated to items on the agenda at this point? Any public comments unrelated to Midland City Modern? All right, then we will move to new business, which is an update on Midland City Modern this evening. Thank you, Mr. Chair. So, go ahead and get started. So first, just to uh, provide a little bit of an update on where we are in terms of our Midland City Modern process, since it's been uh, now a couple of months since we've had 
active discussions on the proposed plan. Um, back in September, uh, the Planning Commission took action to refer the proposed plan to City Council, which was the first step in the adoption proceeding as outlined in the Michigan Planning Enabling Act. Uh, at the end of that month, we met in joint session with City Council to discuss the proposed plan. Some of the items that were discussed that evening are included in your packet tonight as staff recommended amendments to the plan and other items that were discussed that evening are on our list for tonight uh, for additional Planning Commission discussion. In October, City Council acted to release the plan for the statutory required 63-day public review and comment period. Um, so that period began in the middle of October and included mailing of notices to uh, certain entities that are identified within the Planning Enabling Act, like uh, adjacent jurisdictions, uh, transportation agencies, uh, et cetera. Uh, that comment period concluded December 14th. We have transmitted all of the comments that were received during that period to the Planning Commission uh, back in January uh, at your first meeting. And so hopefully you've by now had a chance to review all of those comments as they were provided to the city in their original form. So what comes next tonight? We are looking for direction from you, from the Planning Commission on the discussion items only. So just the four items that are identified for discussion this evening um, so that we can incorporate your uh, direction into what comes back to you in March, which will be a final set of recommended plan amendments. So it will be the list that you have in your packet this evening of amendments plus anything that comes out of tonight's discussions. We'll have an opportunity to discuss those proposed mm -hmm. amendments at that time and for you to provide us with final direction before we begin updates to the document. Um, so I just put that out there so you know what we're looking for. We wanted to give you an abundance of time to review those amendments. Um, if you have questions as you go through those lists, feel free to reach out to, the, to our staff and we can walk through those with you. Um, but we will be looking for you to provide us final direction in March. In April, we'll be going back before City Council to provide them with an update on the process as well as your recommended amendments and then We'll be working very diligently after that time to finalize the document and bring it back to you for public hearing, after which the Planning Commission can consider adoption. So we'll hope to wrap that up yet this spring. Tonight, uh, for the purpose of this meeting, we're looking to discuss four items that staff flagged coming out of this uh, process since the draft plan was released back in September. Uh, these are four specific items outlined here, our sanitary sewer goal, and we'll go into more detail on that in a second. Uh, our goal for electric vehicles, a discussion on providing an alternative route for through traffic on M20, uh, or for M20 rather, and then discussion of implementation priorities to include within the plan. So um, before we get started with that discussion, are there any questions about where we're at with the process or next steps? All right, we'll dive right in. So item one has to do with sanitary sewers. This was a question uh, and comment that arose during the joint meeting with council. Um, the plan currently includes uh, the following goals and objectives related to um, our sanitary sewers. And so on page 11 of the plan, this, these uh, four items are all within the implementation section of the plan. Page 11, uh, we have a goal, increase the resiliency of the community to the risks associated with flooding. Within that goal, we have two objectives, uh, complete the implementation of the Concept 5 sewer improvement plan infrastructure projects, 
and increase the ability to collect data on the city's rivers, creeks, drains, and sewers to inform decision-making on infrastructure investments. On page 12, we have a goal, ensure that new development within the city is supported by sufficient infrastructure capacity with supporting objectives, continue to review existing infrastructure capacity when considering new development proposals and work with developers to address infrastructure deficiencies to ensure adequate capacity exists concurrent with new development. So the discussion tonight, there was the, this was raised um, as a question of whether or not there was a sufficient amount of attention on sanitary sewers within the proposed plan. So the questions for the Planning Commission that staff recommends you discuss are whether or not those goals and objectives are sufficient in the plan as presented. And if they are not, um, are there additional specific sanitary sewer objectives that you wish to see added to the draft plan before we proceed uh, towards adoption? So with that, I'll turn this item one over to you, Mr. Chair, uh, to begin discussion. Okay. Uh, as we get started, uh, questions at this point. So the two questions in front of us are regarding um, sanitary sewer. Um, are the two goals and the supporting objectives sufficient? And if they are not, are there any additional specific sanitary 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 sewer objectives that we'd like to add? So I guess let's take those one at a time. Um, and Jacob, remind me the uh, when you're looking at the table. On the left-hand side, that first column, those are goals, and then there's supporting objectives. Or I'm just trying to make my terminology right. Yeah, you could certainly uh, you could call the terminology we've been using our goals and objectives. Okay. Um, that's pretty standard technology or, um, terminology, and we really just use that to describe the objectives fall within the goal area. So they're tied more or less together um, as supporting that bigger picture goal. So I guess let's address the goals first. So do the two goals that we have stated, are those sufficient when it comes to sanitary sewer? So we have increasing the resiliency of the community to the risks associated with flooding. And we have ensuring that the new development within the city is supported by sufficient infrastructure capacity are the two goals right now. To provide some context, I mean the the current goals as they as they sit really relate to um, the fact that we have had documented um, issues within our sanitary sewer system when there are heavy rains or flooding, um, resulting in sewer backups, primarily into homes, being the the major concern, and that's really a major focus of the Concept Five infrastructure projects is addressing that. Um, within certain key areas of the community. Secondarily, there's been a lot of interest and concern about whether or not the sanitary sewer system capacities are appropriate as new development projects are proposed. And so the second goal and objectives are really tied to ensuring that we have good data to make those determinations on an ongoing basis and also that we are thorough in making sure that those uh, systems are um, either appropriately sized at the time of development already in their existing condition or that there is a tie back to 
expansion or improvement of those systems before development takes place so that when they come online, uh, the appropriate infrastructure is in place. Those seem to be the two overriding issues that we heard about from the community through this process, and, and they strongly relate to what has been heard and learned um, since uh, the 2017 flood and the subsequent studies of that event. As we were going through the process, did anyone on the commission hear anything strongly different from the community, anything particularly that we're missing at this point? I personally think the goals do a good job of balancing being broad enough to not be prescriptive, but not specific enough that um, they don't give us some sort of ability to change things long term if we need to. So I guess the other question then is that we've got within those, you highlighted two specific objectives <clears throat> that address that issue specifically, correct? That's correct. And those two again were, let's start with the, the resiliency goal. So that was the collecting data on the collect, data collection. What was the second one for increasing resiliency? Um. That was the uh, completing the implementation of concept five. Okay. So objective two and objective five okay. under that goal. And this is on page 10 and 11. 11, 11, 11, and, 12. 11 and 12. It's the okay. middle uh, object, I'm sorry, the middle objective on page 11 and then the first one on page 12. Okay. I guess I, I just am a little bit of a loss to the, the specific, you know, what the issues, I mean, I was in that meeting and I did feel like these objectives very much address exactly what needs to be addressed. and. I don't really see where they fall short. That's what the community has said. It's also perfectly addresses our need for sanitary sewer issues that we need to collect data. We need to be able to address these things. Um, concept five is part of that as well. Um, I don't know. Uh, I feel a little bit ignorant about concept five. Um, I'd let, I wish I understood a little bit more about it, but overall. These seem very useful. Yeah, they're not prescriptive. But Commissioner Kohlinger was saying it's right on in my mind. Yeah, I think it would maybe help in the conversation to clarify the sanitary versus stormwater because um, I think that's where, you know, the flooding being stormwater affecting the sanitary and the improvements to sanitary, what those effects are to the stormwater management, because I, I guess that's where I get, um, so, you know, from that discussion before was kind of which one is addressing which and, and stormwater being not the sanitary system and how that's managed, um, whether it's through development and on-site retention or, or things like that to manage it. Uh, 
but as far as the goals, I think everyone is in agreement of what those goals, nobody wants the backup of sanitary if there's heavy rains or flooding um, from those other discussions. There's the offsite kind of um, overflow area added recently. So I don't know, maybe to highlight those as addressing one system and its effects on the other so they're not conflated. So would you suggest, are you suggesting adding an objective or are you subject, suggesting revising an existing objective? I would suggest what the, so the risk, this one is increase the resiliency of the community with flooding, but then we discuss the implementation of a sewer improvement plan. Okay. How that, how that is, is helping with the risks of flooding. So making that connection stronger? Yes, how, how uh, expanding the capacity or, or whatever, however that language is used for, from a sanitary engineering perspective, uh, how that helps uh, increase the resiliency. So potentially adding on to the end of completing implementation of the concept five sewer improvement plan infrastructure projects to fill in the blank. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yes. And whereas in on page 20, which is where I was getting confused on the table, it lists page 20 as we discuss the, I guess on page 21 is effectively managed stormwater runoff. If that's how that's improved by the sanitary system or a different system. I think the key in my mind is that stormwater runoff isn't, um, and Jacob, if I'm wrong, I don't believe stormwater runoff is necessarily addressed by the sewer improvement plan, which I assume is why it's listed as a separate objective. Um, not necessarily. So the, the projects are really the, the goal of the concept five, one of the goals is to redirect stormwater out of the sanitary sewer system where it doesn't belong so that it doesn't become overloaded and to do other treatments to that system to prevent intrusion of groundwater into the sanitary sewer so that they're able to function in the manner in which they're, they're designed. In other places, it has involved increasing the size of those systems to help or creating storage within that system in order to to provide uh, adequate capacity, um, regardless of the rainfall conditions, but especially during during flood conditions, um, there's not the crossover is not happening the other way. Like we don't have issues of sanitary sewer ending up in our stormwater system, our storm sewer system. It's it's entirely the opposite. Um, so that's part of what Concept Five is meant to address: is that that stormwater to sanitary connection. Stormwater itself is kind of its own separate discussion, uh, which is partly why it's in its own separate goal area, um, because there's issues on the private development side, as well as the public infrastructure side um, that were identified through this process as being desired goals. So those are captured there. Um, and I believe we discussed before that concept five sewer improvement plan 
is consistent with how at least the city has addressed that plan up until this point, correct? They haven't called it something different outside of... Concept 5? Yeah, or the fact that it's a sewer improvement plan, correct? Correct. That's, okay. yeah, that's how it's been described throughout. So I guess to be specific to that line being that the disconnects of the stormwater and the separation of those systems being improved by that plan. So I guess the, I see where you're going. The pushback I would have is I don't think that's the only goal of the sewer improvement plan. And I think if we were to try and put one in, we'd have to put them all in. And at that point it gets too long in my opinion. I don't know what other people think as well. Is it possible to just change that verbiage to instead of ensure the new development within the city is supported by sufficient infrastructure capacity, but to say new and existing? Uh, where are you again? I'm sorry. Uh, would the second um, objective ensure that new development within the city is supported by sufficient infrastructure capacity? And instead of just saying new to have it say new and existing? Does that solve that concern, that idea? I'm trying to piece it together in my head. What does everyone else think? I don't know if that goes to what you're saying, but I do think, I mean, that makes sense that we look at not just what's new, that we incorporate existing too. And if it's not addressing what he's saying, then I'm still confused what you're saying. I guess what I'm saying is the the goal of increasing resiliency from the risks of flooding is the risks of flooding are not in the sanitary line. It's when they when they interconnect and are the sanitary line is has more volume due to rain events. And that isn't and that is an infrastructure. Is that not infrastructure? What am I missing? Is that your understanding of that? That that is, yes. But I, the risks of flooding come from either rain or other water, not sanitary water. Right, but one of the risks of flooding is that is the sanitary system being inundated. Yeah, and then no longer being able to process, or causing damage to the system downstream. Right, which I is one of the main reasons why we had the system. You have to be shut down in certain parts of the cities because it was being overrun by stormwater. Correct. And so I would, looking at this, I think it is, in my opinion, fine as written um, in that section, just because it it's a critical portion of that. But again, I don't think it, well, going on well with um, uh, Mr. Chair, if you start explaining too much, and you got to explain everything. Yeah. I believe there, there is a section for concept five in the in this plan already, like I just like, explaining it, correct? There's a brief narrative uh, a few pages prior in the introduction on page seven. Uh, it'd be the center column, bottom of page seven up to the third column. Talks a little bit about the, the scope and purpose of the project. So I think then, you know, because there's an ability to go back within the same document and, and understand that project more, then I think just having a calling out here is sufficient. 
I do think it's it's clear that this this project is specifically addressing that disconnection, and we already kind of know that like flooding doesn't come from the sanitary system; it comes from stormwater getting into the sanitary system. So I, I like the way it's written. So, not hearing a. Uh, much, if any, agreement to change any objectives within resiliency of the community risks associated with flooding. So let's move to the two objectives I believe Jacob you were talking about within ensuring new development within the city is supported by infrastructure capacity, correct? Or am I looking at the wrong page? No, correct. You're Top right. of page yeah. 12. So which one of those objectives did you have in mind? Did I? Yes. Oh, I was just simply pointing out the objectives that exist in the plan that relate to sanitary sewers so that you're aware if there's, is you're considering whether or not to add or modify Correct. any objectives, you know what's already in there. And which one within this goal is related to that, just as a reminder? Those were uh, number one and three. Okay. Commissioners, any changes to make or any additions to make? Um, I would agree with um, Commissioner Broderick on maybe some, a little bit of a verbiage change on, on the on the I guess I don't know what you want to call it, the initial goal of just ensuring that both new and existing development is supported by sufficient infrastructure. Yeah, I like that. And it says right in that first line when you read the. Yeah, the, the additional verbiage there says review review existing infrastructure capacity. So I think it's already part of that objective. Yeah. What does everyone else think? I don't know that it actually changes it. It may just clarify or maybe I think it isn't clarifies on anything because if you look at some of the if you look at the parent goal, you know. If I'm just looking at that, it tells me, like, okay, we're focusing on new development, but mm -hmm. maybe not necessarily looking at, hey, this older part of town, you know, as we're developing new, it starts to hurt that part of town because we have infrastructure deficiencies that it kind of makes sure that we're following and not hurting ourselves, trying to trying to grow. That's, at least that's how I read it. Or, I mean, just personal experience, I know that on my street, we, I mean, if there's a big rainstorm, all the neighbors go out and take the leaves off of the, the storm sewer grapes together because otherwise our street floods. So like that's where my mind comes in with not just new new construction but also the existing construction in the city. You should always do that. You should take your leaves off the inlets. <laughs> that's not a capacity issue. That's just a Please take the leaves off your inlets if you're watching yeah. at home. It's like <laughs> our, our street does it when other streets aren't doing it. So sure. I think that there's maybe a problem on our street. But. Well, I do want to point out this this goal and objective is was written, it was identified and designed specifically about new development projects. So it was intended to relate to the review process the city undertakes when it considers a new development project. Okay. It wasn't intended to direct or uh, advise on review of the city's overall infrastructure. Part of, uh, you know, the, uh, Commissioner Griffiths' comment, reviewing the impact of a project and capacity means throughout the system. So if a new development's coming online, will it have adverse downstream impacts on other 
folks in the city that are existing. That would be part of that goal as written. Um, it sounds like what's maybe being discussed is possibly a separate goal that relates to a review of the city's existing infrastructure for capacity deficiencies, um, which I think is in part already yeah. captured in the in the prior goal yeah. uh, to a degree in terms of decision making on infrastructure investments, collecting data um, to do that. Obviously, that's kind of narrowly related to flooding. Um, so if there's a desire for a more comprehensive look at infrastructure as a whole, that probably belongs somewhere else um, and could be and could be kind of developed in a manner that might address some of this conversation more holistically. I would say if that's intended to be specifically targeted at new development, that it's probably smart to not change it. Yeah, I would agree. Commissioner Craig, what do you think? Um, is there already a process that the city undertakes to review infrastructure capacity? Like, is there, is that already something that happens? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's where it would, it would be somewhat, as I'm thinking about how to capture that as a goal and objective, it could be somewhat challenging. Um, Concept 5 arose out of an effort like that of looking at the 2017 flood and determining what infrastructure improvements could be made that would prevent those uh, circumstances arising from that flood from reoccurring. Um, we routinely, on like a small scale, do studies of signal timing or you know infrastructure design, uh, like intersections of streets, to see if there's a more optimal design but we don't undertake like a system a system wide study is a very significant project that occurs at great cost and so we don't typically do that on like a certain schedule the capital improvement process is meant to bring like those items up as they come along um, they're identified and and we make the improvements because we know that you know for instance maybe it's time to replace a water line and we know that really it, we're not providing enough pressure in that part of town so we need to upsize the line or we need to do something else some other improvement in association with that project or we just know we have a pressure problem and so we program a project that's just specifically designed to address that um, so it's more of a it's less coordinated than i think what a goal could capture but that happens like every day 365 days a year at the city of looking at capturing information and making decisions about what type of improvements need to be made. I think my concern is just, I do think it would be valuable to, to evaluate the existing infrastructure, but in a way that's not overly burdensome compared to what we might find if we're already capturing some of these things. I guess if we're gonna add it as a new goal or objective, we're saying it in such a way that doesn't come across like we're thinking there's just going to be the big project where we review everything. I, I don't know what the language would be, but just being mindful of what Jacob was saying about the potential breadth of such a undertaking. And it seems, I mean, the way you were expressing it sounded like very as need, you know, um, as things are needed, as you sort of like recognize different different aspects. 
but I also just thinking about kind of emergency preparedness in general in a place like Midland that's experienced floods. It's like, you know, it took, you know, massive flooding for us to be able to have this sort of, oh, maybe we should do something about it, you know, kind of <laughs> kind of attitude. I, I, but I, I do appreciate what you're saying that that is a massive undertaking, but I, I, I still wonder, you know, how much more can we do for potential future flooding and just different things like that, that how could we be looking to not just, oh, something bad happens or, right. you know, we had this immediate need, but. Can but, be more proactive. Instead yeah, of can reactive. we be a little bit more proactive? <laughs> we started with you this know? change to sanitary sewer goals. Like that's what we were talking about specifically. Is there something related to that specific infrastructure that we want to talk about? Either reviewing or if it's, I mean, do we need to, Maybe it's just rewriting the line about data collection, like you were mentioning, so that it reflects that actually reviewing the existing infrastructure is also a priority. I, I don't know. Maybe there's a way to limit it to sanitary sewer because we know that that's a problem area. Yeah. I'm not sure if I'd be inclined to limit it because the risk then would be is if there are other infrastructure investments, I, in my opinion, is purposely broad and not specific. <clears throat> well, because we're dealing with flooding now, but you know, if there's other infrastructure yeah. needs that we may need to address in the future too. In that process, the capital improvement process, I mean, it seems like you said that's the time when everyone's kind of tasked with, like, look at what you have and what you need and review your needs. Is that, is there, is that the time where this can, can happen? Or is there something that we want to, I don't know what the wording would be, but. Um, we. Uh, we do that, like I said, that's uh, that's formalized in the capital improvement plan process, but that is an activity that's taking place every single day. Um, and I appreciate the, the desire to be proactive, but the reality is our infrastructure, our streets, our sidewalks, our sewers are all there already, and they're being used constantly. And so that provides us with real a real world opportunity to see what's working and what's not. The, the flood and water intrusion in the sanitary system is not something that happens every day. And so 2017 provided us with a uh, real clear idea of what that looks like in an extreme flood event. Um, that's obviously not something that we can capture data on every day, which is why we undertook a large scale study to understand those issues and develop solutions. But on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, our city infrastructure generally is pretty well suited to the needs of the community. Um, if anything, in some cases, it's potentially a little oversized for what we need. We've got a lot of water lines, as an example, that are um, not necessarily providing, serving enough customers, and so they don't flush themselves with enough regularity um, to keep the water uh, clean without us flushing them uh, ourselves. Um, so that we just don't, I, I just want to kind of set expectations. We don't, I don't think, have a 
widespread issue of insufficient sanitary capacity based on current development levels. Why this goal is tied to new development is because when we start adding households or businesses to the existing systems, it's important to see if that's going to change the capacity uh, of that system adversely where we're gonna have, uh, whether it's a particular bottleneck in one location or a system-wide issue because we don't have sufficient capacity downstream. Um, that's really when it becomes critical to, to take a look. I think where I, Christian or Braddock and Richard Rivers, I think where I heard you starting to land, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, so when talking about sanitary sewer specifically with the objectives, the resiliency goal and the related objectives deals with uh, more or less current capacity or current development. And the goals and objectives around uh, new development relates to new development. And so to put one or the other in one or the other would end up being somewhat superfluous at that point is where I think I heard you landing, but I correct me if I'm wrong. I think that's where I landed. I would agree, yeah. So again, I'm not hearing strong consensus on additional specific sanitary sewer objectives to add at this point. I'm in agreement with that. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Okay. I think it's one of those things where we can sit here and wordsmith stuff yeah. all day and never <laughs> change anything. We'll move on. Thank you for your feedback. And that is a good point. That's every time I look at the plan, I'm like, Remember why you're looking at it. You're not going to rewrite it. It's, it's written. It'll never be perfect. <laughs> and the whole point is that this plan will hopefully be much better than the plan we are currently working with. And it's going to be a living document as we move forward. So item two tonight <clears throat> relates to electric vehicles. This is, again, uh, another um, discussion item arising out of our joint meeting with council. Um, the plan currently includes statements related to electric vehicles on page 12. The goal, provide robust contemporary on-demand transit services to ensure that all residents have options for mobility with the objective, evaluate the deployment of electric buses and apply those lessons to future fleet decisions. On page 20, goal, integrate sustainable practices into the city operations, into city operations and leverage technology to increase efficiency with the objective, pursue opportunities to convert the city's fleet and equipment from gas to electric power when cost feasible. On page 22, goal, take steps to prepare for the transition from internal combustion to electric vehicles with the following objectives. Coordinate planning processes for electric vehicle infrastructure with other agencies, including Consumers Energy, MDOT, and the Michigan Infrastructure Office. Leverage federal, state, and local foundation grants to support the creation of public EV infrastructure. Objective three, remove zoning barriers to charging infrastructure installation. Objective four, engage the community to develop a comprehensive plan to support the installation of an EV charging network in the city. Objective five, continue to develop objectives and targets for the electrification of public transportation and municipal equipment. And objective six, include EV infrastructure and city projects where appropriate. So the, the discussion in the joint meeting largely centered on that last objective on page 22, include EV infrastructure and city projects where appropriate. So 
suggested discussion for the Planning Commission. Are these electric vehicle goals sufficient slash appropriate? Do you wish to amend that objective relating to city projects? And are there any additional changes you would like to see relative to electric vehicles in the plan? I would also note, uh, if you haven't observed already, a good deal of our public comments related to the plan had to do with electric vehicles. I'm not entirely sure why, but that was a focus area of many of the comments, including an additional comment we received on the plan that was included as a communication in your packet tonight. Um, and so there is, at the very minimum, a lot of uh, interest in what the city's plans are related to electric vehicles. I wouldn't stretch that as far as to say there's strong consensus in one direction or another, but just simply that that seems to be something that is on the minds of the community, which is how it came to be in the plan and how it comes before you tonight for additional discussion. So let's, uh, assuming it worked last time, let's tackle this similar to what we did last time. So the first question is with the uh, goals that are currently in the plan, um, particularly based off of the feedback we heard from the community, are those sufficient when it relates to electric vehicles? So those again were on pages 12, 20, and 22. And then assuming those are, we have specific questions about um, objectives to achieve those goals. So at least one of which would be uh, the last objective underneath, taking steps to prepare for the transition from internal combustion to electric vehicles. Uh, but would also be open to any others the commission would like to discuss. I think for me, um, from what I heard during the process, um, I mean, I'll see that there was some disagreement, but I did feel like I heard strong consensus on that there needed to be goals within the plan around electric vehicles. And I think I heard, from my perspective, strong consensus around <laughs> those goals needed to be preparing for a transition to electric vehicles. So anything outside of that, I didn't necessarily think was something the community wanted, but I welcome pushback on that if any of the commissioners heard something else during the discussions. You mean like an objective to, to wanting it? Correct. Yeah, I didn't hear anything like that. I felt like the primary discussion is Jacob said was around this last objective, include electrical vehicle in infrastructure and city projects where appropriate, was the issue that came from councilman, um, was primarily concerned about how that would happen. And this is broad enough that this is not, we're not de describing how it should be done. You know, there are many ways to get that objective done. And that could be, it was more of a, political question of free market versus right public and I, I we're not we're not prescribing one way or another so I I really don't see I mean it's very clear that Midlanders really want electrical vehicles and so we have to move ourselves in 
that direction one way or another. And this is very broad. I don't see what the issue would be there. Commissioner Powell, do you have additional thoughts? Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, no, I think they're sufficient. I do think that, you know, it, <clears throat> they'll move together. If the fleets are moving towards electric vehicles, they'll need to be charged electrically and then <laughs> come with charging stations. Um, and so where appropriate and cost feasible, it will be kind of naturally implemented um, since they, from my understanding, are. Okay. Commissioner uh, Craig? Um, yeah, I, I agree with Commissioner Thomas about the assessment of, of the goals and the objectives and also the conversation. So I'm okay. comfortable with this. All right. Um, so uh, given what I've heard, I think the real question now um, the last question is really whether or not there's anything else, any any additional objectives we want to add that would potentially go further than where we've currently already got in there. Because I'm I'm not hearing anybody saying that we should be restricting or stepping back from the objectives that are currently there with EVs. I at least want to ask if people think that there's any opportunity that should be taken to take them further. I guess the only uh, addition would be flexibility. You know, that's kind of the topic um, is that with, you know, you hear about other technologies like hydrogen or whatever other kind of energy vehicles in the future will use. Currently, it's kind of going towards EV, but there's new technology uh, adding flexibility to new technology. That's kind of something along the lines of, I think what I said in a, a meeting prior was, you know, someone who works heavily in the automotive industry, you know, we, we saw this year a huge step back in the EV, in the EV development. And so being able to stay flexible to other technologies, other resources. You know, obviously keeping, I, I think where we are with EV right now in this plan is good, because right now everything still points to that being the predominant method, but also, you know, for example, it's hard to say, because this other verbiage in, in here on that take steps to prepare for the transition from internal combustion to electric vehicles. You know, I look at that too of, what other types of transit could be happening? You know, I'm not an expert in zoning ordinance, but it, you know, so I don't know if there's any limitations on like on a fueling station that right now carries gas, diesel, possibly EV, but if there's other implications for the, some of the alternative fuels that are being presented, like hydrogen or other other fuels, are if there's any ordinances that are preventing those, so we make sure we're evaluating those as well. So just not just necessarily only evaluating EV, but alternative as well. And I guess that's from my question of like, before just now, I haven't heard of hydrogen, whatever vehicles. I don't know. Maybe I'm just too in my own lane. But uh, 
this is supposed to be a living document, right? So, like, if those are not readily available on the market, is that something that's changed later and is it sufficient the way it is? I don't know. That would be my, my food for thought. Yeah, I can, I can address both of those. So, so one, the, the zoning ordinance doesn't directly address electric vehicles. It definitely doesn't directly address hydrogen vehicles. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. So I promise you it's not in there without looking it up. But it's not. Um, secondly, uh, I was going to offer the commentary that uh, Commissioner Broderick set me up for, uh, which is this is these goals, we, we cast a long view into the future as we develop the plan. These goals are primarily meant to get us that first five or 10 years towards the future vision. And these goals will be reviewed by you and subsequent plan amendments, which the city of Midland's always been really excellent about keeping the master plan updated with amendments, which most communities do not do, um, but this community does. And so it, I would expect within five years, if not sooner, there will be amendments to the plan, and if hydrogen vehicles are the new uh, look of the future, it would be probably an appropriate time then to pivot or to whatever the unknown technology is that might develop in the next day, week, year, 10 years, um, that we could pivot according. We'll have to pivot on a number of these fronts as conditions change. I, I think um, with any of these, I think to me the, the flexibility of the plan really comes down to us as planning commissioners and that it's it's up to us. I mean, we're acting a plan based off the best information and the consensus of the community right now. That's part of our role as planning commissioners in the community is we have to be, part of that's being that flexibility is hearing from our neighbors and others around us around, you know, hey, you know, I'm thinking it's actually going to go this way or did you hear about this change? and, and it, Kind of being that early warning system around where there might need to be some changes and some adaptations not just electric vehicles but to take his point like pivoting on any of the plan goals and objectives um because I, I agree that we should be uh flexible and open to um other forms um as we've discussed um what i come back to is i i think the community has pretty clearly told us like they've used electric vehicle and ev consistently so so that's where the Communities at, in my opinion, at this point. Well, and I would remind you the master plan is not law. The master plan is a policy document that helps to guide decision making. It doesn't, it's not, there's no enforcement mechanism. We are not required to follow its guidance in every case. And if the plan's guidance is intended to direct us towards the alternative fuel of the presumed future, and that alternative fuel changes, there's nothing to stop the city from saying, well, hey, we wanted to embrace alternative fuels. It turned out it's not EVs, it's not the wave of the future, it's something else. We could look to these goals and say, well, what were we hoping to accomplish with EVs? Let's try to accomplish that with this alternative fuel, or maybe in addition to, because maybe we just have a multi-fuel vehicle history future ahead of us. I'm not good at predicting the future, which makes, you know, the, we're doing the best we can <laughs> to know what's coming. If you look at the current master plan, it doesn't tell you that you've got a pandemic and a major flood or two coming your way. Um, that's just the reality. There's only so much that we can ascertain about what's coming. And I think in my head, I'm trying to work through the discernment of do you change it with more of a blanket statement of alternate energy vehicles. 
But then the other side of that discernment is, well, what if they're not vehicles? What if there's something else? Right. So if you're not, so I mean, if you're not, if you're not going to make it more broad, I'd say it's probably fine just the way it is. Because I don't think that there's a way to figure out all of the different things that the future could hold. Yeah. Including teleporting. I mean, come on. I knew you were going to bring that up tonight. <laughs> I knew. I should have put money on it. I knew that was coming up tonight. <laughs> we will move to transportation and mobility. Thank you, everyone, for your feedback again. <laughs> I had to put it in there. No, I was, love it. I appreciate it. That was... And in five years, you, if you, when you're right, I want you to throw it in my face. All right. Item three, identify an alternate route for Buttles and Indian for, the, uh, for M20 pass-through traffic. So this was an item uh, that was actually raised before the plan was released uh, and was included in some of the public commentary that the Planning Commission reviewed and provided direction on as we prepared that final plan document. Uh, it comes back to you tonight. Uh, this was raised again through the 63-day review period uh, with public comment uh, from Mr. Musty, who's here tonight, and I'll let him speak in a bit more detail about uh, the nature of his comments uh, if the Planning Commission uh, would like to entertain that. But the plan currently includes, and so this is an excerpt of our future transportation map in the plan, uh, zoomed in on the area of downtown Midland and the M20 corridor just west of it. And you'll see uh, that kind of snaky lines going through the area of the Chippewa uh, River uh, to the left, the Titabawassee running basically north to south um, through the middle of the diagram. You'll see the tridge uh, in the middle is kind of a landing uh, landmark point. Um, the plan currently shows consistent uh, current conditions on these corridors with the M20 corridor running up uh, Isabella into Jerome. Jerome connecting to the one-way pair of Indian and Buttles and then out to Patrick and Lyon um, as part of the Business Route 10 uh, loop as well. The comment essentially is to look at a way of moving that traffic flow that is currently traversing through uh, the north side of downtown uh, to an alternate pathway that would, that would bypass the downtown entirely. And this would be through traffic primarily heading to the east towards uh, Bay City. So looking at the goals and objectives of the plan, there are some goals and objectives that would be supportive of this change. On page 14, uh, there's a goal to support the continued revitalization of downtown. Objective statements uh, support opportunities to expand downtown to the north and east. Um, I think it is uh, fair to say that the presence of the business route does present some challenges towards that expansion. Um, from a, the standpoint of uh, connection uh, because of the heavy traffic flows on that corridor. And then improving non-motorized connectivity between downtown, midtown, center city, and Discovery Square. Um, many uh, of those connections, uh, street connections, cross um, that business route uh, north of downtown. So for planning commission discussion, would you like to identify an alternative through traffic alignment for M20 business route US 10? around downtown Midland, um, and if so, uh, your direction on, on how that should look on the future transportation map would be welcomed uh, so that we can include that in the uh, final plan document if that is your wish. So with that, I will turn things over to you for discussion. So we do have Mr. Musty with us in the audience, um, and I'm happy to open public comment, um, assuming that the 
Planning Commission agrees. Yes, I'd agree. Okay, we'll go ahead and open public comment. Um, we'll just need you to come forward, give your name and address to get started, and we'll go from there. John Musty, uh, 4900 uh, Oak Ridge Drive. Um, to uh, illustrate as an example of the importance and efficacy of master planning, uh, I have uh, heard Mr. Kane on a couple of uh, uh, instances uh, talk about uh, that uh, a previous plan quite a while ago probably uh, called for uh, US 10 to be routed around Midland rather than through Midland as it was at the time. Uh, I think we can probably all be happy that that uh, came to fruition. Uh, similarly, uh, in this case, although uh, I would envision a much smaller project than routing US 10 around, uh, I think the current plan uh, should at least include uh, an objective for identification of an alternate route uh, to uh, Buttles and Indian for M20 pass-through traffic. Uh, that doesn't mean that uh, we necessarily have to draw out the alternative. I'm calling for uh, probably an alternative study. It might even be uh, a contractor engaged uh, to look at alternatives and evaluate those alternatives, for example. Looking back, uh, uh, M20 traffic has certainly grown significantly. Uh, the current uh, M20 approach and bridge entering Midland, uh, I think, was installed in the, in the 50s. Uh, and I think that was done uh, probably to avoid uh, continuing to funnel all the traffic through that one-lane Curry Parkway bridge. Uh, Chippewa River actually had to be uh, relocated. I, I was very surprised to learn this just recently that uh, in order to put in that bridge and approach for M20, the Chippewa River actually had to be relocated, probably to avoid putting in two more bridges. I, I bring this up simply because until you really start, you know, I would have probably dismissed that as a possibility. I think most people probably would. Rerouting the river? Uh, but until you really start looking at alternatives for doing something, and evaluating them, some things that you wouldn't otherwise have thought possible uh, come to the forefront. Uh, at the time uh, the current bridge was put in for M20, there was only two lanes, and M20 was only two lanes all the way to uh, Mount Pleasant, but now it's four lanes. Uh, so I think, uh, you know, uh, the traffic has grown considerably, and I think it's going to uh, continue. Um, Certainly, uh, M20 traffic now represents a formidable barrier to uh, connectivity and growth of the downtown area, as uh, uh, Mr. Kane uh, talked about a little bit. Uh, I've been hearing that uh, from a number of sources, from a number of stakeholders, uh, and, but I think to some degree uh, people kind of think, well, it's, it is what it is, uh, there's nothing we can do about it, uh, so we're kind of biting around the edges of it. Uh, although controversial plans are in place to slow traffic on Buttles by re reducing it to two through lanes with turn lanes. I think this is good, but I think it's insufficient. Uh, it's not going to, you know, all of that M20 traffic that just wants to get through Midland is still going to have to go through there. Um, no changes are planned for Indian at all, unfortunately. I'd like to see that 
handled the same way Buttles is, but uh, it's not for a number of reasons, probably. Uh, M20 traffic, I believe, will, will no doubt continue to grow. Uh, and, but I do believe alternatives uh, do exist. Uh, and so that's why I think we ought to be looking at uh, uh, an alternate route. I hope that the Planning Commission uh, will approve including a, a new uh, objective in the master plan to identify an alternate route to Buttles and Indian for M20 pass through traffic. This, this, would in, this objective, I think, would include uh, development of a list of potential alternatives, as I've talked about, selection of the best alternative uh, within the time frame that uh, you, know, you, you want to do it uh, that's consistent with the plan. Approvals and implementation could, could come later. I think this would constitute a first step to address uh, this current growing issue. Uh, but of course, there would be more work in the future as well. So that's uh, my input. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Mr. Misty. All right. So we have um, uh, input from Mr. Musty and uh, direction um, or context from uh, Mr. Kane on uh, adding identification of a possible alternate route for Indian and Buttles. Um, so I'll open it up for comments from commissioners. I don't personally feel that it could be a bad thing to look at an alternate route. We have our downtown essentially landlocked in three in three directions between water, um, Dow Chemical, and thoroughfares. And I, mean, I don't know why it wouldn't be a good idea to look at it. I know there's a lot of hoopla around the thought. Um, I forgot his name. Mr. Musty. Musky? Musty. Musty. And I mean, just as he said, to, to at least have it open for a conversation around the research or the thought. Yeah. I'm always for more information. I mean, having the opportunity to to really envision what the future could look like for M20 would be wonderful. I don't know anybody who doesn't complain about M20 uh, the way it currently is. <laughs> this is something that's been looked at or talked about outside of it coming up through this comment. Uh, no, and uh, that's largely why we brought it forward for discussion. This wasn't, um, this was a comment we received through the process only for Mr. Musty. Um, and rerouting M20 uh, is not probably as simple today as rerouting US 10 was in the 1930s, you know, fortunately or unfortunately. Um, um, just as, as he stated, and that no fact checking on everything he stated was accurate um, in terms of the history here. Um, but arguably, rerouting uh, the Chippewa River today would also be a bigger undertaking <laughs> if that was part of a road project than it was in the 1950s. So 
Um, so it, it just felt like given the context of, of where we heard it, we've been consensus driven in this process in terms of um, seeing where there seemed to be a um, consistent line of thought throughout the community about things. And so we hadn't heard this broadly, although it does tie back to perhaps some of the objectives that are contained in the plan um, uh, more or less indirectly. Um, you know, we thought before including it as a staff recommendation, we'd wanna see some planning commission thought. Um, there's different ways you could approach this if you're interested. One would be an inclusion of an objective. And I appreciate Mr. Musty's suggested language because I think that is uh, just about a perfect way of framing it if you were to include it because it does um, recognize that that would be a multi-step process and um, before it can be determined whether or not that was practical or feasible. Um, and so I think that would be the appropriate first step if that was desired. You could also show it on the map um, that I, in my mind creates a few more questions about what that alignment is and whose properties are you running that line through. Yeah. Um, the map is not meant to be that literal, but for better or worse, people will often view it literally. And so communicating a line often communicates that there's a decision that's been made. Um, and so there's some risk entailed. And so you could do that or an objective or potentially both. You also have the option of taking no action. Um, so that's just kind of framing out your, your options here. Am I understanding correctly in the, the thought essentially would be sort of like make a perfect on-ramp onto US 10 like in either direction or I mean, there's just, there's so many different directions that it could go. So just, just basically making so that anybody who wants to go just just get through Midland have a way around uh, without having to it's essentially saying like the business US 10 that goes right down the one way is, is I'm interpreting it as figuring out a way to potentially move those to the connection of M20. Or to provide a secondary uh, route for through traffic um, that would maybe move some of the truck traffic and some of the other traffic that's not um, headed towards a Midland-based destination um, to give them an alternative to traveling that so portion of the corridor. Yeah. It's, it's, it's in a similar vein to the history. This is not unusual to Midland, but this corridor alignment moved from Main Street to Ellsworth Street, and then it moved from Ellsworth Street to Indian and Bottles. Um, US 10 itself moved from downtown from Ellsworth out to Saginaw Road, out to the interstate. Um, you know, that type of shift happens all over the country and communities. Um, so it's not unprecedented. It just doesn't happen as frequently today um, as it did in the past. But as somebody who lives very close to that route, and I wake up to truck uh, Jake breaks, uh, you know, every morning. Um, it's not too loud, but uh, and and also having to cross those routes with a stroller. Um, you know, I would I would love that. I would welcome that. I think it would make it a much more people-centric, you know, pedestrian-friendly downtown. I think it would better connect the neighborhood to downtown if there was an alternate. Um, it'd be more community-feeling. I think it would draw more young people to want to live downtown um, in those neighborhoods that are older. I think, I mean, I see a lot of positives for, for having alternatives. So I, 
I'm I'm all for it. But. I do think that's something that we heard about making neighborhoods more walkable and more connected, and and also the health of downtown Midland. Mm -hmm. So a suggestion would be, um, we have a, a number of text amendments um, that were included in the packet, um, I believe two of which at the very least, if I remember correctly, were simply adding additional pedestrian safety focus areas to the map itself. So that could be a way to address this as well as, as if we're already planning to make a change the future transportation map to add additional pedestrian safety focus areas. Uh, an idea would be to add a third one, um, which would be around the, I guess, the intersection of M20 and probably Main Street is what I'm hearing people say. Um, M20 and Main Street, but also um, like Indian and Bubbles, like, because that's like, and, and where Jerome and that whole area that is, is business 10 is also, are we talking about like Indian bottles as well? Like, or am I I'm thinking incorrectly? We could, I'm just, uh, again, proposing a way we could try and address this. Um, the way like those, the way those streets are currently coded on the future transportation map is intended to imply that there's multiple areas of focus within the corridor project, including pedestrian safety, um, simply because it would be tempting to probably put a pedestrian safety focus on each intersection along right. both streets, and then we'd have an illegible map um, <laughs> at the end. So the thinking being that because M20 is already coded uh, green, which is a multi potential multimodal facility, and you've got... Uh, uh, no, specifically Jerome oh, and Indian and Buttles are coded uh, in blue, which is a corridor focus area. Got it. And we have the existing streetscape project for downtown coded there as well, correct? Correct. The, the phase two of the streetscape project coded. So the thinking being that those two address the same, the same thing in a different way is what you're saying, correct? No, I was bringing that up more to, to make the point that adding pedestrian focus areas would be redundant within those corridors because those corridors that, that uh, okay. identification is meant to include pedestrian safety focus and uh, as well as a number of other design elements. So would a pedestrian safety focus area on Isabella and Maine be redundant as well? I don't know if that's sufficient to what we're hearing. I think the, the theory of exploring alternate route for health and safety, both health of and safety of pedestrians and also health and safety of you know, downtown I'm disagreeing with you. I'm, I think what I'm proposing is a, a compromise. I think from what I heard from the community, there were a number of areas in the city where we wanted to focus on pedestrian safety. Um, from what I've heard, this is the first time we've heard about specifically rerouting a, a major business route. So I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just trying to propose more or less a compromise between the two potentially. But if we're just basically looking into it though, you know, as a 
study and as a, um, what could this look like? What, you know, I, I feel like that's that's the only objective we're, we're doing right now. We're not saying we will reroute M20, you know, that's not what we're saying. Um, and I don't think that just having more pedestrian focus, you know, things is so, this, that issue, this issue is so much more multifaceted about, you know, placemaking for the development of downtown and for just traffic flow in general. I mean, it's, it's way beyond just pedestrian focused, you know, crosswalks or something like that, that most people would identify with. Or, yeah. I know where my mind was at too. Instead of doing like, if it's pedestrian, you could do like pedestrian skywalkways. You could do, you know, pillars to protect pedestrians, but it's kind of leaving the other facet of the health of downtown off the table to just say pedestrian. And I do think this, this objective would address all of those issues. You know, all the things that we're talking about, we just have to find a potential solution or a potential direction we could go. The words that you just had up there, that was the proposed or idea, correct? No. Yeah. That right there. Can we can we put that in as an objective? Well, this is just the more that question. I think an objective uh, would probably be something along the lines of. Um, an alternative study uh, or a study of alternatives for the current M20 business route 10 alignment through downtown Midland. Um, I'm not exactly sure the, how to mechanize that objective in a way that um, appeals to pedestrian safety. Well, I think I don't think the pedestrian safety element of it is the only element in forming the comment and Mr. Musty can nod yes or no if I'm capturing <laughs> it correct. I think it's it extends beyond that to right. the other uh, impacts of that through traffic on downtown, yeah. um, whether it's noise or odor or um, you know impact on redevelopment or connectivity, um, which is not in and of itself a solely a safety question. Um, it, there's, there's quality of life elements woven into that as well. So uh, I don't think we necessarily want to get it entirely wrapped up in just uh, one focus area of the corridor um, if there's a desire to include it. So. so I'm hearing strong opinions from Commissioner Thomas and Commissioner Broderick. Uh, Commissioner Griffiths, what do you think? I think <clears throat> it's something worth looking at. Potentially, uh, I mean, it's not something that I've, I've heard broad, you know, community input on of saying, "Hey, we not we want to look at this." Um, I guess I don't really have a preference either way. I think if it's something that you want to look at, I think it's appropriate as as it's, as it's looking right now. But also, it's I think it's a position where it's not necessarily one of those things that we, the community, is saying to us you know, we hate this, we don't like this, or this needs to be changed. Um, so I guess I have no preference either side. Commissioner Craig? Um, I also like the idea. Um, and I, and for me, um, 
you know, the issue of connectivity between downtown and other parts of town, some of the issues that we've already talked about that would encompass um, or that would benefit from this type of a move, you know, make it interesting to me. Um, I am, there is a part of me that wants to, if we are going to include it, describe it in a way that does touch on the things that we heard, um, more of a consensus on from the community. I, that's how that happens. I, I don't have like the words for that right now. Um, but I, I think I'm kind of in an in-between space in, you know, for different reasons, but similar to Commissioner Griffiths. Commissioner Powell? Um, yeah, I, I guess I would be against putting anything on the map. I think that that would cause quite a uh, reaction from anyone looking at it to even suggest anything like that. But, I mean, and, and even the idea of it not coming up throughout the community, I think Throughout the community, there are complaints about 20, but not the, I guess it's kind of a big idea to reroute it. So I would probably, you know, so then the idea that picturing no trucks on bottles or Indian and crossing those streets easily are, is tempting, but I, I mean, the trucks still have to deliver within Midland and, and removing that kind of thoroughfare is a lot of traffic coming in um, from the west into Midland. And if they bypass it, I think overall the the trend with, is to be removing kind of these larger thoroughfares in cities, um, like in Detroit where they're removing 375 or other kind of little spurs that um, people take instead of in the city. Um, not that this is the interstate, but uh, so I, I, I think it is a big idea, but um, and so possibly looking into it, but I think it might um, come up with a solution that's not really all that feasible. Is there a more general way that we could phrase it in terms of what we're Studying, looking at ways to remove through traffic or prevent through traffic from bifurcating like these two parts of our, you know, of our town, which would include reviewing, you know, moving M20, but could be other solutions too. Like maybe there's a more general um, objective so that we're not saying that this is what we think the solution should be, um, but this is the problem that needs to be addressed. I think that would be my challenge to Commissioners Broderick and Thomas, which is we've been consistent as a commission around reflecting what we heard in the community and mm -hmm. also being uh, not overly specific with the goals and objectives. So I'm curious to know if we think we can, if both of you think we can do that here. What, what Mikey just said, I would totally agree with. What she just said? Commissioner Craig, yeah. Commissioner Thomas? I appreciate that. And I, I mean, we do have a resident before us that did 
you know, bring, and I don't, I agree, like, ultimately, there's a lot of questions around feasibility. And, you know, is this even <clears throat> possible? And so I guess that just from a possibility standpoint of, I think it addresses a lot of, a lot of desires and goals and objectives that have been expressed like by the community. Um, it's just a potential solution. Um, but I do understand your, you know, where you're coming from as well. Um, Yeah, I I think, like I said, having more information and understanding feasibility and possibilities and envisioning what that could be. Yeah, and I agree with Commissioner Powell. I don't want to throw anything on a map and terrify everybody. And you know that's that's not going to be helpful whatsoever. But but I don't think there's any harm in, in a study and putting it as a, an objective somewhere. I don't know if there's a parent goal that would fit under that could be just transportation focused. That would be helpful. That's staff's perspective. <laughs> well, if we were going to zoom out and try to capture the intent of this idea more generally, I, I backed the slides up to the existing objectives on page 14, yeah. supporting opportunities to expand downtown to the north and east and improving non-motorized connectivity. These these objectives would both support a project like this and you know it, it, that's like reciprocal so you could say this supports adding it to the plan but these kind of implicitly would be supportive of looking at this if that opportunity arose it's just not as direct and implicit as stating it in the plan um, I would say in terms of well we've looked for consensus um, training opportunity for the Planning Commission. Yeah, when you hear from the public, so if we had a controversial item in front of the Planning Commission and you have a thousand people in the room and they're all yelling at you, that doesn't necessarily mean that you should do what the people yelling at you are saying. Your job is to look objectively at all the information and make the right decision for the future of the community. Vice versa, if only one person shows up and yells at you, you don't, you're not taking a straw poll. You're not saying, well, if Mr. Musty had only found 999 friends who also thought this was a bad idea or a good idea, then we would go with it. You gotta really take what you're hearing and apply your judgment as planning commissioners uh, on whether or not to, to act on it. It's not currently in the plan because we didn't hear it during the early part of the process. We heard it late in the process. I can't remember exactly when uh, Mr. Musty first provided the comment to us, but it was near the tail end of plan development. And it was, again, only from him that we specifically heard this idea. Um, and it wasn't ultimately moved forward by the Planning Commission at that time into the final version of the plan. Um, I, I don't think there's any harm in including it as a, as a aspirational goal uh, or objective. Um, I would concur that my uh, inclination would be to not put it on the map, <laughs> only because I'm not exactly sure where that line would show yep um and if you want it on the map i'm going to ask you to draw the line <laughs> 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 mr Busty's volunteering uh, i'll let someone else sign that the drawing um but i think we could probably we don't have to wordsmith it tonight if there's just broad 
if there's general interest in this idea, we could spend some time thinking about how it might be included as an objective and bring that language back to you with the whole package at the, at the meeting in March. And you can ultimately decide to pull it then. Um, I just would need to know if there's even concurrence from the group that it's worth doing that. So I think from what I've heard, what would be before us is potentially adding an objective to supporting the, the goal of supporting continued revitalization of downtown. So uh, personally, in my judgment, I would be um, uh, against adding that. Um, would also point out that we are missing the perspectives of, of two commissioners tonight as well. So for the rest of you who are here, if the majority of you think otherwise, um, then let's direct staff to, to take a look at this and bring that back to us when hopefully um, more commissioners are, are available, is, is how I would put it at this point. Go ahead. When we notified other agencies, I mean, these are state routes, right? So were there any combat or comments or feedback from the state DOT? There was not. If you, we had it, it would have been in your packet on January 9th. We have regular conversations with our local MDOT engineering staff, um, primarily around the reconstruction project that will be taking place on this, this corridor, uh, but on broader project coordination around the community. Um, and we could certainly raise this question to them. I, uh, I'm very confident we wouldn't be the first Michigan community to ask MDOT to consider rerouting a route um, in their community. Um, not even close to the first. So there's probably a policy or procedure in place for that type of discussion to take place, or at least uh, um, they may be able to provide us with a recent example of that that we can look at. And we'll have the benefit of a month to do that, to have a conversation with them about what that procedure looks like. We've reached out with other questions about different elements of the plan um, through the process to understand their processes, and they've been very supportive when we've done that with providing us with information, not necessarily with providing us with what we might want as a result of the process. <laughs> so it's very clear. Non-committal on that, but helpful in terms of understanding the process. I would be in favor of adding some language here, particularly in connection with this second objective, but specific to limiting through traffic through this zone that's being talked about here, um, downtown, midtown, centers, whatever the, um, I think that framing of the issue feels more comfortable to me, limiting or dealing, thinking about it in terms of through traffic as opposed to specific, change the specific route. Or maybe vehicle safety or vehicle pedestrian safety or something around those lines? Um, well, not necessarily that part, but just, you know, if you're just, if you're a vehicle and you're just trying to get through right. our town, like, let's try to look at if there's other ways to do it other than through these areas where we want their, them to feel more, more cohesive. Um, and again, the wordsmithing of that would, I mean, that would need some refining. But I think for me, I'd be more comfortable and in favor of that as opposed to something specific about a plan around rerouting M20. And I think in on page 13, you know, we one of the implementations is to continue partnering with MDOT um, on regional uh, transportation networks, um, which I think this would be part of that. 
I guess my kind of question or, or like food for thought or um, discernment regarding this, regarding this conversation and tell me where, where you're at as well is like kind of going back to the living document and support opportunities to expand downtown to the north and east. Something would essentially have to give with that traffic flow in some capacity to expand downtown to the north and east because it is essentially landlocked by those thoroughfares. So it still creates the opportunity to, to have a living document that would say maybe in the future this makes sense to explore further based off of support opportunities to expand downtown to the north and east without having to necessarily include additional verbiage, but that's where I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it could encompass, you know, what we're discussing too, but I, I actually do think it's a good point that was raised and considering those traffic flows, I think it's something that's worth being explicit about. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily changing them, but just considering that as you're looking at the broader issue. Maybe maybe including something in that verbiage that includes traffic flows specifically. So I think at this point, I mean, the consensus I'm hearing is that, and we can wordsmith this all night. Um, I think what we're directing staff at this point, and again, I'm just trying to be clear. Um, so if I'm misstating this, please let me know. Um, so I'm hearing that we want staff to explore adding an objective or revising current objectives within the revitalization of downtown goal to include not necessarily something as specific as rerouting M20, but something more general around traffic and bifurcation and things of that nature, correct? Mm -hmm. We've also heard that we have enough time to potentially reach out to MDOT and see what their reaction to that would be as well. Is that an accurate assessment? I think that's how I'm interpreting Commissioner Craig. I don't know that I see, feel strongly one way or the other. I think on one side it supports the way it is, and I think on the other side it would be helpful to um, change one of those. I'm indifferent. So I guess then maybe what we would do is uh, sounds like we have two possibilities. So you're including a specific objective within revitalization of downtown that asks, that talks about identifying alternative routes, and then there's a more general objective or revision to existing objectives that tackles it more broadly from a traffic standpoint. So I think that would be the potential direction of staff is come back to us with those two options and give us something to react to to help move the conversation forward. Like having two options to look at? Something more specific and something more broad. Okay. They throw them both in. Okay. Does that give you enough direction or do you have questions? We can work with that. It's more work with two, but we can we can get you two. <laughs> so sorry. It's okay. I think we can manage. I think I think if it was in this plan already that there would be a lot more comments about being too specific on okay. on such a big okay. plan where others specific sightings that have been either removed or commented on. Um, 
because we do talk about connecting downtown and in other ways, but being specific about 20. Okay. All right. That takes care of M20. Let's move to our last discussion item for the evening. <clears throat> and thank you, Mr. Musty, for your public comment. So item four is a discussion on priorities. Um, this is one thing that we haven't done yet with regard to the implementation plan is to look at um, in the short term, so in the next two to three years, where does the Planning Commission see itself and the city taking uh, the most immediate action within the plan? Um, there's some benefits to doing that. So first, um, It'll give us a framework as we begin to move past plan development into implementation uh, in terms of what we need to focus on. It can help to communicate that to the public as well so that they understand what where to expect the most immediate action. And it will kind of get us off on a good foot, footing as we move forward to look at those priorities every year um, as part of our, our end of the year process, see what we've accomplished, see maybe what we haven't, and adjust and reset those priorities uh, annually as we go forward. So staff took a look at the implementation section and we've outlined some, some recommended priorities for consideration. These are a mixture of some specific objectives within the plan, as well as some kind of uh, merged objectives, I guess would be a uh, way to say it. So uh, as an example, priority one, uh, has to do with updating the city's zoning ordinance consistent with uh, several goals and objectives that are contained in the implementation plan of the proposed master plan. Um, so rather than list out what's a very long list of zoning related recommendations within the plan that would all tie back into that project, um, we've just identified that as a potential priority um, for you. Um, Item two, again, kind of does similar, ties together a couple of related items related to um, repair of streets and sidewalks into uh, a single priority statement. Item three has to do with our redevelopment ready community participation, um, which is a single objective within the plan, but something that falls squarely in the purview of the planning commission and planning department. Um, partnering with community agencies and developers to create affordable, accessing, accessible housing opportunities. Um, housing was very, we didn't really uh, quantify this directly, but housing was certainly one of the top issues that we heard about during this process from you and from the community. And so we felt that was certainly something that should be a priority. It appears to be a strong priority of the community. And then similarly reviewing our stormwater practices seems like a very high priority amongst the community and falls within that kind of development um, world and focus within which the Planning Commission works. There are other items within the implementation plan that probably arguably are also high priorities for the community but don't fall as squarely within the purview of the Planning Commission or even the city government to take on and we've really tried to narrow this into those items that you all would have the um, most stake, influence, and, and power to change. And so for discussion, what near-term priorities should be identified and included in the imp implementation section of the plan? I, I envision that this would probably, probably be treated as sort of a call out within the implementation section of the plan that just states that the Planning Commission's identified these as priority areas for the first two to three years of plan implementation. 
um, as, a, as a new add-on to the plan rather than some other means of identifying the priorities within the document. So with that, we'll, we'll turn things back to you, Mr. Chair, to discuss. All right. Uh, any objection from the commission about uh, the uh, simply uh, any objection to adding this, adding this kind of section to it, regardless of what's in it, I guess, is the question I'm asking at the outset. Um, so assuming that's the case, we've got um, proposed priorities to put in there. Um, any of them that people would like to strike or remove at this point? And then the following question to that would be is whether or not there's uh, one, maybe two more you'd add. I think once we start getting beyond that number, it's going to be a laundry list and not very targeted. So I think, I mean, the uh, two thoughts I had is one, um, you were very specific in your presentation about these being planning commission implementation priorities and things that can be accomplished by the city. Um, so I, I, I'd want to be very clear about how we're labeling this section as well as potentially managing people's expectations around timing of these things as well. I mean, you put something like this down on paper and it's public. <laughs> Part of me thinks that people are going to assume that these are things that are going to get done within, you know, 365 days, which is not going to be the case. Um, those would be my only two initial thoughts. Well, part of the rationale for having this section is to help uh, the community understand that the entirety of the document is not that, something that right. they can expect to see overnight. Um, expectation setting, which we've been doing throughout this process so that folks understand what a master plan is and isn't and, and what it's intended, how it's intended to be used. Um, certainly, this would... These won't exist just as bullets in a box without context. There would be okay. context included to why these were identified, what that means, and um, okay. and that these would be, you know, as we looked at the, the implementation section with kind of those guiding principles, we also wanted to make sure that it was an appropriate amount of, of work that was realistic to the capacity of staff and the Planning Commission to achieve. Um, but that wasn't, you know, too little. We felt like this struck a pretty good balance on what needs to be on the horizon or already is on the horizon for the Planning Commission and Planning Department um, and moves several items within the implementation section forward um, fairly significantly if these are um, completed and accomplished. Um, there'd be a lot of things checked off the list, not just five within the implementation section if these priority items were to be completed. Okay. Any other thoughts, commissioners? All right. I think that's a uh, yes to adding it as a section with some context um, and with the priorities that you suggested at this point. All right. Okay. 
Uh, we did open public comment earlier, um, so do want to ask if there are additional public comments on the City Modern Master Plan? Any additional public comments on the Midland City Modern Master Plan? Hearing none, I believe that concludes new business, unless I'm wrong. That concludes new business. We'll move to communications, which I don't believe there are any. There was one communication in your packet, which I referenced um, during the last item, which was in regard to the Middle City Modern. It was a comment received on the plan after the 63-day uh, review period comments were transmitted to you. So that was included in your packet tonight uh, for your information. Okay. Uh, I do not have a report um, for a report of the chairperson. Um, I would like to uh, take a minute just to reiterate and thank those of you who are here for your feedback today um, on the City Modern Master Plan. We're getting closer um, and I'm excited. So I'm glad um, everyone came prepared and um, appreciate everyone's feedback as well. We'll move to the report of the plan director. So ditto, thank you for your feedback and patience with this process. We're definitely uh, closing in on the, the end um, and we'll look forward to bringing the revised document back for adoption. Um, two quick reminders, we do not have a meeting on February 20th, lack of business items, so please use the time you've been gifted to thoroughly review the staff recommended plan amendments so that we can have a very um, uh, productive conversation at your next regular meeting, which will be on March the 12th, and we will be back at City Hall on March 12th, so we'll look forward to trying out the new chamber and um, having some good discussion on City Modern. That's all I have, Mr. Chair. Okay, looking for a final motion. That we adjourn. I'll second. Motion for Commissioner Craig and a second for Commissioner Broderick to adjourn. All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed, same sign. We are adjourned. Thank you, everyone. This program is presented by a community producer through Midland Community Television. The City of Midland and MCTV are not responsible for the content of the program. The views presented do not necessarily represent those of the City of Midland or MCTV. If you would like to produce your own program, contact MCTV at 837-3474 or access our website, cityofmidlandmi.gov slash MCTV. We hope you enjoy the following presentation.